What is up, listeners? Welcome to Predator vs. Movies. I am Ukul Poirot, also known as Alex. <laughs> I'm Peter. I am uh, Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast where we discuss and review the latest movie releases. We'll start off with a non-spoiler review before diving into a deep discussion of the film, and then we'll ask the most important question. Would this movie be better if the alien from Predator was in it? Totally lost it by the end. <laughs> the alien uh, from Predator. Oh, it is the alien from Predator, right. I'm reading it off. I can't make this It's just, when I hear alien from Predator, I think, think the alien. xenomorph. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this week we're going to be reviewing, as you may have guessed, A Haunting in Venice. The Ooh. third Hercule Poirot film. Uh, the third movie in the murder on the orient express trilogy it's really hard to describe the, the kenneth branagh agatha is. christie it's the agatha christie hercule poirot kenneth branagh bonanza so it's the a c k b h b c u yeah no no b bonanza yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah so yes we're doing the third movie in the oh, <laughs> shit A C K B H P B but before we do that, we have some uh, movies from the trailer park. Also, we're all trailer. back. We're all, we're back. all back. It's yes. all three of us. This is true. But vroom vroom, we're in the trailer park, and all of us are here. We're all all back. of us are here. Yeah, uh, we're so back. Um, <laughs> so, and also, you know who else is so back? There's two answers to this question. Wes, Wes Anderson? Anderson. Wes Anderson yeah. is so back uh, yeah. after a, a decent summer. Uh, he's got a short film coming out. In fact, maybe four? I heard there were four films. I, short yeah, films. I think it's part of a series. And he's doing them for Netflix. Uh, and the first one, or the most famous one, maybe both, is uh, The Something of Henry Sugar. The wonderful story of Henry Sugar. Okay, oh okay, Uh, and it has uh, Benny Cumberbatch and uh, Ben Kingsley too. Yep, Dev Patel. Yeah, and uh, (laughs) I was hoping he just answered all. (laughs) That's all I remember. The guy who I don't know the name of from the It Crowd. Oh yeah, 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 right. And like yeah, Ida, I, Ioadi, Richard. Oh, Richard Ioadi, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, it looks like a Wes Anderson movie, and it looks really good, and I've heard great things, so... Uh, it does look really I'm good. I've heard that it's thematically kind of similar to um, the, the, the Asteroid City, but in a nice. good way, not in, like, a retreading the same tracks kind of way. Okay. Uh, and I also think that it has, it looks like it's using sets in a really interesting way. I like the I like the moving of the sets in the trailer. I agree. It's, uh, like, very, like... I've heard that, like, it's basically, like, text to the screen. Like, he actually didn't really change the words much. It's almost, like, word for word the same. And I mm. noticed that when, like, the character speaks to the camera in, like, their narration, it's like, da-da-da-da-da, he says. And so, like, they're, like, literally just reading the book yeah. aloud, which seems like a really interesting technique. Now, Peter, you are a, a, a Wes hat. What yes. do you think about this trailer? Actually, uh, to be honest, I'm actually not sure what this story is about until uh, I googled it. Henry Sugar, I, I imagine. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until, uh, until I found out it's actually based on like a famous storytellers stories. I think it's based on something, right? I, now I forgot it's what it's about. It's Rodol. It's not Rodol. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's who he is. He did. But, he uh, did Matilda, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yes. Yes. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I mean. Uh, anyway, which, which, yeah. No, it is Quite, Charlie, isn't it? Sorry. It is Charlie. Yeah, it is Charlie in Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it looks good. The looks good. Benny Comberbatch looks great. So, and I think, like, it's actually really interesting because, like, initially I thought only certain celebrities will fit the Wes Anderson style. But now that he's got more and more celebrities into his sort of little, uh, little ensemble, you know, we uh, we got Tom Hanks in there, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I, now I think, like, maybe, like, everyone can do it. <laughs> it's not I would say, though, yeah. every actor that I've seen added to the roster, I feel it like... It makes sense, I've like, right? I've been like, yeah. Like, I've yeah. heard that they're casting it. I've been like, yeah, okay. That makes sense. They can do that. Yeah. Maybe uh, we anyone. should uh, maybe we should get Tom Hardy in the Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good example actually, of like a high doubt. Like I don't think that. Would be, would be no, I could actually see that. My initial reaction was like, oh no, definitely not. But right? then you have to remember that he's a big silly voice guy. That like mm. like physical silly voice actor, mm. and I think he actually could oh, do it really well. Yeah. What about Jason Statham? No. <laughs> or uh, how about Dwayne The Rock Johnson? You know no, what's crazy? No the Rock is trending recently because like apparently he went back to WWE or something. Yes, like, it he is. made his yeah. first appearance in like a long time. And he did the People's Elbow. Yeah. He did oh. it. I don't know. It's the People. It means. belongs to the People. He, he does it. You know who he does it for? It's for his fan base, the Elbows. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Oh no! There was one other thing, Peter. Another there was an actor we didn't mention. Oh no! Another one of your favorite actors. What's his name again? It's, it's Ray Fiennes. I made the. Are you I sure? Because you said something different. Hey, I made. I made a silly mistake. <laughs> oh my god! So Alex Sounds pronounces like... it as Ralph, which is very stupid. Sounds but then I made the same mistake this morning, pronouncing it as Ralph. So. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, but uh, we'll live and let learn and... Uh, man, segues are hard. You know who else yeah. is back? Who else is so yeah. back? Aquaman. <laughs> we thought... We cut this out from last week's episode, but there was like a variety, a fake variety article that said Aquaman 2 was lost. Lost in the... <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 The lost team was lost in the yeah. servers, and they just like... <laughs> couldn't find it and so we it's actually so like funny. we talked about it on pod before realizing that it was fake and then we're like cut it cut it we can't talk about it like really i swear okay. it, we, i swear i listened to the episode and you did talk about it wait oh man did i not cut it out i thought i did maybe mm, maybe mm. i'm wrong maybe i did a bad job anyways uh so it is not in fact lost and we have now seen not only a teaser that said the trailer was going to be out in four days. <laughs> I just, I thought it was so funny. Like, guys, you've been waiting for so long. Don't worry. Yeah. Teaser's out. Four days. Yeah. Uh, and then we got the real thing four days later on a Thursday or something. Something so I think. Too. I think Aquaman 1 sucks. Uh, but I will say. I didn't like it either. 
I, I loved it. I, I thought Arkham was sick. But I'm excited for this one, and the reason <laughs> is that during this trailer, there are multiple points where I laughed out loud. Like I think, like the idea when. When they're like, he's like, yeah, I'm the king of the ocean. There's a bunch of species, and it's fucking <laughs> awesome, but not everyone likes me. Then Black Man is like, I'm going to murder his whole family. Like, <laughs> like, like, usually villains say something like, I'm going to destroy you and bring you down. But he's like, no, I'm going to murder his family. I'm going to murder his family and burn his house down. Uh-huh. My favorite, my favorite is like the <laughs> opening line in the trailer where he's like, "Yeah, four years ago I was basically unemployed." <laughs> <laughs> like really great, important information. <laughs> yeah. Uh, welcome funny. to my, welcome to my world. <laughs> four years ago, basically unemployed. Um, and yeah, I. I think it's kind of funny. I like the idea he was like, I know what I have to do. I have to go team up with the one person who I hate most in the world, my brother. And at that point, I was like, is that a new character? Does he have a <laughs> yeah, I didn't recognize him. Who is his brother? And then he goes, so first he says, my brother. And then the first person we see is like Groot. Like there's this like coral <laughs> a skeleton man. I was like, is that a fucking Groot? And then we see, like, this raggedy, like, shriveled Santa man in, like, like a scraggly beard. I'm like, that's yeah. his brother? Who's this? Is this a new character? <laughs> and then yeah. he's, like, on the beach, and he's, like, doing punches. I'm like, who is this guy? And then we're just supposed to, like, identify that that is, uh, oh, fuck, what's his real name? Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. And yeah. then, like, he becomes clean-shaven after. But there's like, no, like... Yeah. There's no transition. There's no yeah, like, it wasn't until I saw him shave where I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. He's like ocean guy or whatever. Ocean, ocean master. master. Yeah. Orm. <laughs> His name is yeah. Orm. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> and I just like that, like, we're supposed to understand that that is the same. Like, imagine if you don't know anything about this universe and you see scraggly old man and you're like, oh, that's his brother. <laughs> and then they're like, later, like, ocean master appears and you're like, Who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the where's his bearded brother? Yeah, like, if you there's just the no like one. haircuts here. Yeah. They yeah. followed me. Uh, and then they go to the Lost Kingdom, which is uh, journey to the center of the earth, I guess. Yeah. Are there dinosaurs there? Wasn't there a dinosaur in the last movie? Maybe. There was like creatures from the lagoon. I remember that. From the trench? There were the trench yeah. people. There were the but trench they went, people. They went down so far. It was where somebody was hiding and where he found the trident. And it was like okay. that luscious, like, jungly place. So they're back there. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I oh, that was a was dragon, a though. Oh, maybe it was a dragon. That was a, it was a, it was a sea dragon. Oh, Couldn't sea dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, look, I think we're pulling, <laughs> pulling <laughs> hairs here. Guys, okay, was it a dragon or a sea dragon? No, no, it was not like a standard sea dragon. It's like a dragon (laughs) in the sea. So (laughs) you can call it a sea dragon. So, okay, just to be clear, it was not a dragon who is indigenous to the sea. It was a dragon of the land and sky who has found himself in the sea. 
Okay, maybe, That's maybe what you're saying. it's my problem. I thought there was like a literal T-Rex, but maybe no, no, no. no I can't find There was a there was a there was a dragon-esque thing guarding the the trident in the <laughs> movie. Sure. Yeah. But what I can see for real though is if you look up Aquaman dinosaurs, the first option is a picture from Aquaman and it's a beach. It's a wide shot and there are small dinosaurs running across the beach. So no. I oh, might have does... like, I might have like conflated these things and made it a big T-Rex in my mind. But anyways, okay. And uh, also, just for the record, since we're on the pod, <laughs> I do not hate the trailer. Unlike these two, I think it looks fine. And I don't I'll... even think we said how we feel about know. the trailer. <laughs> or Asian City like. Dude, it. you guys make fun of it. I mean, it's obvious you guys don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> I I watched I that don't... trailer. And said to myself, how is this the thing that is so bad? Like, they, that they had to do yeah. three reshoots. This looks the same as everything else that came out this year. I also, year. in fairness, I did watch it and went like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be there. Like, I'm, like, for sure I'll be there. Yeah. Okay, okay, you know what else is crazy, though? I think it's so funny whenever a new DC trailer comes out. Like, every single DC trailer... There is someone commenting in the comments like, oh, we're so back. We're so back. And then, <laughs> and then, and then there are the haters, which is like, oh my god, Marvel's better. And then there are people like, thank god DCEU's over. So like, you just see like four factions of people in the comment section. It is hilarious. That cracks me up every time. I love the idea of being like, we're so back. <laughs> every yeah. single trailer. I know, <laughs> it's it crazy. Not, not just that, but also the fact that uh, we're so back, yet this is the last movie in the DCU. <laughs> like, we're so back, and then, like, we're done. <laughs> we're so done. Um, I'm just watching the trailer again, because it brings me such joy. Yeah, it's, that's what I mean. Is, it's filmed so weird. It's filmed, like, the first little bit is filmed like a Fast and Furious thing, where he's like, family's so important to me. Like, he's kissing a baby. Yeah. Don't remember there being a baby. I don't remember that at all, yeah. And there's there's also like, like a classic like I think that there's gonna be a baby pee joke and like controlling the water, but they've oh, cut it sure. out from the trailer. So but like you've got like the classic like baby going hee hee like shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks like a lot of like, uh, underwater and then. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that it, conversations Amber, getting interrupted by explosions. Amber Heard. <laughs> oh yeah, that happens <laughs> all the time. That is so yeah, silly. Yeah, there was like a, a compilation where people had cut all the clips of of Aquaman where it, conversations are interrupted by explosions. It happens a lot. It's of a lot. Movie, like five times. <laughs> uh, there's like a um again rewatching the trailer. There's a part where like there's a volcano in the background. And it's spewing green. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, oh, the black trident, right? I don't know. Yes. I also think Black Manta is kind of exciting to me. I think he looks like pretty accurate, and that's kind of a shallow thing. But uh, I don't know. Dude, I'm, that's where I'm intrigued all the, to say the least. That's where all the budget went to. Just making a nice costume. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Oh, I, okay. I was gonna say this earlier, and I forgot. I was trying to think like what I was trying to say, but this this trailer, again, for a movie that is apparently like so bad that they had to do three rounds of reshoots and like are just don't want to release, 
This trailer made me more excited than the Flash trailer, yeah. the Shazam trailer, <laughs> the Blue Beetle trailer. I'm like, how is this going to be worse? This okay. is, like, it could be better. <laughs> to be somehow. fair, though, to be fair, though, like, I got excited by Blue Beetles, by Flash, etc. And the real movie is, like, much worse than what I was hoping for. At least, like, <laughs> the, the impression the trailers gave me, at least. Well, speaking of trailers that gave us a good impression, there was this little movie that I saw a trailer for quite some time ago called The Haunting in Venice. And when <laughs> I saw that trailer, I said, Look at that transition. This movie's going to slap. It's a Hercule Poirot movie, which I like, I've not been traditionally very good thus far. But detective movie, funny voice guy with a mustache. And now they're doing, like, a genre. That's fucking yeah. awesome. Uh, and so, Aiden, uh, we watched this movie, and I'd like you to tell us about it. Yeah, so this was directed by Kenneth Branagh, skin, uh, screenplay by Michael Green, based on the uh, the novel Halloween Party by Agatha Christie, which I think is a worse title. I think they came up with a it's better a title. It's a Halloween party. <laughs> gonna drink dude, have, dude, have an apple two. for a week or two. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Starring uh, Peter doesn't know what we're talking about. Uh, no. Starring Kyle Allen, Go check Kenneth Branagh. Summer Party. It's on all platform, all streaming platforms. Spotify, Apple Music. It's a good song. We like it. It's a good song. It is fun. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Jordan, Jamie Dornan, Tina Fey, Jude Hill, Ali Khan, uh, Emma Laird, Kelly Riley, uh, Ricardo Scamarcio, and Michelle Yeoh. Uh, cinematography is by Harris Zambarlukos. Um, uh, there, we don't need that information. Released September 11th, 2023, but in the United States on the 15th. Runtime 103 forget. minutes. Budget was 60 million. So far, the box office is 5.5 million. It just came out, though, right? Yeah, it literally just came out this Friday. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So I was about to say, like, oh, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, it just, it, you did say it came out on 9 11. I don't think people were. It did uh, come out on 9 11. Not in America, though. This way. It did not come out on 9 11 oh, in America. That would be a weird choice. So, yeah. uh, thank you for the information. We are going to do our classic game, Credit Critic. There's a website called Metacritic where critic scores of a movie are average out of 100. We are going to guess where uh, A Hunting in Venice lands in said metric. Uh, oh, and I have to spin this wheel. That you I have sure do. It's spinning, it's spinning. Man, why am I always going first? It's rigged. i got to clear my cookies. So I'm first. Um, okay. Hmm. <laughs> 72. Okay. Sometimes I don't want to like think about it too much, and I'll just yeah, pull that's a fair. number. That's okay, high. Spin, spin again. It might be too high. I don't know. That's Keep probably around. That's probably around where I'd go. Oh, that's awesome. I love when Aiden's last. I love that. <laughs> I hate when Alex is first. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alex thinks Peter should talk now. Because Alex... <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, man. I'm thinking. Think. Okay, I think 72 <laughs> is too high. Okay, that's my thought. Mm. But I think 60 is all mm. too low. So we'll go with a solid... 65. 65. Yeah. Um, I might have to slot myself right in between you guys there. Oh my god. Look at the man. Playing the game once again. 
I might have to go with a good old 69. Okay. Respectable. What the fuck? Wait, is that right in the middle? No, it's four uh, away from me and then three away from Alex. Yeah. I think but Metacritic there is might have there. done a redesign. It's throwing me off. Metacritic. Wait. But no, no I, rate. I know what the score is, so I, 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 I can see it. Uh, so unfortunately, I may have been too positive on this movie and guessed a little too high and been a little misleading. And actually, a solid 65 was, in fact, too high. It's a 64. It's a semi-solid 64. Wow. And I continue my losing streak. Uh, Too easy. Not going to lie. Too easy. Too easy. (laughs) Uh, I think that might give away what our our feelings about this movie are, respectively. But, uh, Peter, as the winner, you do get to divulge fully how you felt uh, at this present moment. Okay, so... Quick disclaimer, I've not seen the first two. I've not nor seen Murder I. on the Orient Express, nor only Death seen, on the Nile. I've only seen Murder on the Orient Express. I'm intrigued to watch Death on the Nile only because <laughs> it looks awful. And it's <laughs> apparently awful. So, Okay, so I think um, recently like the detective movies that we've seen is probably like Knives Out, right? That's like the most recent one. And, and actually, I a, think year, a year ago, we watched um, that other Agatha Christie one, the Must Chap one. Oh, right. Uh, see, see how, how they, they run, run right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, like, this movie, compared to, like, at least the previous detective ones I've watched, are much more serious in tone compared to uh, where it's like, you know, uh, in both See How They Run and uh, what's the other one? Knives Out. There's like a lot more character exploration about like the ensemble before we go into the actual murder itself. Where this one, we find out more about the characters after the murders, uh, after murder has been committed. So I'm trying to stay as spoiler free as possible because you know it's spoiler free. But um, I would say like the twist in this one is very well crafted. I did not expect it. I did not see it coming. And the fact they uh, the way they laid out the suspect was also very interesting, and the whole tone, and the framing of like this, you know, being sort of like, is it possible for it to be like a supernatural murder instead of like an actual murder committed by human, like all of that I really dig. I think it's a really cool take on like a genre that's been played out so many times throughout the years, and actually, and like the setting and the atmosphere are both impeccable in my opinion i really i really enjoyed it um and like it was like it was not it was not like straight up scary and also everything in the movie is explained one way or another which i enjoyed so i actually really liked this movie the only thing i didn't like was um <laughs> i didn't okay did, did this take you guys by surprise i didn't expect to see tina fey in this movie like this is like the one crossover i was not expecting because, like, you associate Tina Fey with, like, you know, like, comedy or, like, musicals, yeah. you know, stuff like that. And she just musicals. popped up as, as an author in this movie, which I was not expecting. So, um, I give it a three and a half out of five. I think it's a very fun time in the cinema. So, I recommend everyone to see it. I feel like sure. that yeah. score does not match your That your score doesn't review. reflect that. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Like, okay. Yeah, it was fine. So, I didn't <laughs> care for it. But uh, three point five. So, okay. So, it's like. 
I don't think it, it's a four yet, but also three, I think, is way too low. So it's like, so you, I'm like debating between three and a half and a four. I really so liked you, it, though. I had so you liked time. it. You did I, like I, it. I, yeah. I, I liked it. I had a good time. Okay. Okay. I was very confused by the review. Um, I will say, to your question, I did, despite having seen the trailer, definitely, I was like, oh, Tina Fey's in this. Oh, it's Liz <laughs> Lemon. And I was just yeah. like quite caught off guard by that. Uh, but in as the second closest guesser, uh, you yeah. do get to give us your spo- non-spoiler review next. Yeah. So unlike Alex, when I first watched the trailer, I was like, "No way, I'm watching that. That looks. This looks dumb. I don't want to see this." Lo and behold, I find myself in the theater, and like, I was like, I was by myself. I was alone in a crowded theater. So like, there are people on either side of me. And I was verbally reacting to stuff all the time. There was one point in this movie where I went like, Whoa! (laughs) Uh, This movie, I'm being serious, is a four and a half star movie for me. Yes! (laughs) Let's go! We're so bad. This was so good. (laughs) This was so good. Like, I could not believe what I was watching. Like, like, right from, like, it was like a slow build, too, like, from the beginning i was like oh this is fun he's like cute characters and like i like the way this is filmed and like okay yeah like i'm getting more into it then they get to the halloween party i'm like oh this is so fun and like this has like some real heart to it oh oh, look at the way it's filmed and then we're getting into the seance stuff and i was like oh no wait 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 no spoilers man no spoilers (laughs) that's like that's like that's first act that's like the no okay i like this is filmed so well. This is directed in such an interesting way that like like elevates this movie so high. I have like I have like minor criticisms of it and any criticisms I do have, I don't like I don't really care about cuz I think it fits so well into what it's trying to be. This is like almost a perfect iteration of like a movie accomplishing what it's setting out to do. I think this movie this is legitimately one of my favorite movies of the year so far. <laughs> Uh, like, uh, this is so. This is four and a half stars, and I'd recommend everyone see it. That is a fucking amazing review. <laughs> I didn't know it would be that killer, but like, even from the beginning, I was like, "No, you're gonna like this." Like, yeah. <laughs> like maybe I wasn't sure about it when the trailer first dropped, but like, I've really gotten a sense of what you like in movies, <laughs> and seeing it, I was like, "Man, he's gonna love this." <laughs> um, so I guess it's it's my turn. I um I think I land somewhere in the middle. I think it's it's pretty much exactly what I was hoping it would be. Like just kind of like a mm, I was kind of hoping it would be like a little better than trashy and it was. So it, yeah. it never it never dipped into trashy where it's like oh this is just bad and I'm having fun because of it. It was yeah. actually like pretty good the whole time. Uh, I I do think Kenneth Branagh does a great job directing this movie. The like cinematography, I was just like, whoa, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> like consistently, yeah. beginning to end, I was quite impressed with how he did it. Um, and I mean, like, I don't, I haven't seen a lot of his movies, but like, he is like a an established director, and he does like yeah. a pretty good job, like all the time. Uh, and what else can I say? Um, the the mystery was engaging. Um, I love also Hercule Poirot. Like, like Double <laughs> Duty doesn't always work, but I think he pulls it off really well, both playing the lead character and directing. Yeah. Um, Tina Fey is 
pretty funny doing the transatlantic accent. <laughs> I, I loved it. it. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. <laughs> I feel like she knew that it was silly, and then like yeah. that was kind of the joke is like, isn't this silly that I'm doing this crazy voice? I'm from New York. <laughs> uh, mm, what else? Mm, oh, and it's kind of scary. Like not like none too scary. Yeah. Not that I saw that movie, but <laughs> right. um, it was like scary enough where I was like crazy that like oh it's not Disney it's well it's 20th Century Fox but like for something that is like tangentially related to Disney I was like oh this is wow they kind of scared this movie up they spooked it up uh, for a mo- for a series the uh, the ACKB uh, HPB. Yeah. I like that they did a genre film. More yeah. adventurous than another acronym uh, franchise, such as the MCU, I would say. Mm. Uh, I feel like this is like a good example of how you take a, a franchise and actually veer into genre, where some other franchises kind of like dip their toes in lightly. Uh, yeah. I think they're uh, yeah, they... security cats. They committed to everything in this movie. Like that, yeah. I think that's what I love about it so much. Like this is clearly like an impassioned commitment to making exactly what they want to do. I agree. Uh, so now, uh, because we have oh, and my uh, yeah, I'd say hmm, maybe a three point five, maybe a four. I'll see how I'm feeling. I'm feeling three point five. Uh, I'm not sure I'll ever get to 4.5, but I, I admire it. I no, admire the, the... Aiden, I honestly can be convinced to go for a 4. Because, like, now that I think of it, I don't have, like, many valid criticism for this movie. Right? I just, exactly. I just think, like, like I just default, like, movie of this caliber to a 3.5, like, as high <laughs> as it can go. But, like, I'm genuinely thinking about breaking this into a 4. You know, and that's a that's a good discussion. Saying. Is like yeah. if if this movie is like like you see it as just lower grade because yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. trying to be let's say tar. It's not trying to be parasite, and right. we just automatically assume that that means it can't achieve a certain star rating. But like, what does star rating even mean? Is it personal to enjoyment? Me, is it how well it succeeds at what it's trying yeah. to do? Which is how I think you do. That's it. how I usually think about it. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I can see that. Maybe I have to rethink my ranking system. Uh, but before I do that, I have a job. I have to summarize this movie in two minutes, and I shall try my very best. I have my timer in front of me, and I shall start now. So <clears throat> Hercule Poirot has lost faith in God. Um, and he's been tired and Great vexed, start. Uh, and he doesn't do cases anymore. But then his old friend Tina Fey... Uh, from the uh, Americas has come back and she says, I want you to disprove this uh, seance person, Michelle Yao. And so they go to this piazza, this party, and there's a, uh, there's the seance there, and it's to bring back the spirit of the owner of the piazza's uh, daughter who died of a suicide, or so we think. Uh, and so they do the seance, and then... They're like, okay, seance over. And then the seance person dies. Michelle Yeoh is thrown off a balcony in the in the courtyard and lands on a statue with a hand. Uh, most statues have hands. Uh, yep. Not all statues. 
Um, and then, oh, uh, Hercule Poirot is that someone tries to kill him because he's dressed like Michelle Yao, which I thought was really funny. Um, and uh, then they're trying to like, oh, who it is? Who, who is it? Uh, Michelle Yao has two assistants. Uh, he figured that out. That's how she does some of her tricks. Uh, there is a doctor who's bad at his job. Oh, there was the children who were killed by the plague and they were locked in the basement and they go down there and it's pretty creepy. Um, or Cole Poirot has like visions of like a of a ghost girl and she's pretty freaky. Um, anyways, the mom did it. I, I'm leaping ahead. The mom did it. <laughs> yeah. She killed her daughter. Uh, accidentally, she made poison honey and the her assistant, I don't know, her, her maid... Uh, accidentally gave too much because she didn't know it was poison. And so she died, and then the mother faked it as a suicide. She pushed the body into the, the canal and uh, faked it. And the bodyguard was a policeman. And the kid, oh, tried to bribe, blackmail, yeah, uh, blackmail the mom. Yeah. And that's why she killed uh, the seance lady and um, the, the kid's dad, who was the doctor. Because uh, she thought they were the blackmailers. She thought they were the blackmailers. I'm over time, anyways. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I think I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good. Cool. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I guess that brings us to our discussion. Uh, what was uh, your favorite part? And I know Aiden doesn't like to go first, so I'll make Peter go first, who's already yeah, raising yeah. his hand. Of course. Okay. Before uh, before we go into this, I have a fun little Everybody. story for you guys. Oh, um, I have a fun story too. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. You so <laughs> so so we're watching it opening night, my friends and I. And uh, there were these, like, high schoolers, teenagers in our theater. And, you know, like, this movie, like, if you really buy into the theme, like, end the movie, it's quite tense, you know, most of the time, to be honest. Yeah. And from time to time, we just hear giggling behind us, you know? They're just, like, the most random scenes. Like, first scene, uh, sorry, what's the detective's name again? uh, Yeah, uh, the detective Poirot shows up. They just start giggling. And then, you know, like, random, so like, like really <laughs> scary scenes. They just all of a sudden started giggling, you know? And then this went on for, like, 30 minutes to an hour. And then eventually someone in our theater decided enough is enough and turned around and said, what the fuck is so funny? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, then, and then, and then that's, that's like, a... And that's a single that, and a, like so many people behind this just started pouncing on them. It's like, yeah, why the fuck are you laughing, man? You know? <laughs> that's then, awesome. <laughs> good. They did the that's the elbow. Oh my god. And then, yeah. and, then um, and then before like twenty minutes or like 10, 20 minutes before the ending, they left the theater early, and my friends like, yeah, they made the right choice. When the lights, <laughs> when the lights go back on, they're so dead. <laughs> Yeah. And they're like, but, you're done. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> That's a right. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I do have a favorite part as well, though. So, But anyway, do we okay. want to get get out of the fun story first? Yeah, I have, yeah, I have my fun story, yeah. too. So I'm watching the movie, and it's, like, so quiet at one point. And from, yeah. like, the road directly behind me, I start hearing this. Someone we can't, is we can't hear you. Okay, you can't hear it? Oh, no. Yeah. Okay, so I don't think it someone, picks it up. Yeah. Well, my audacity might. Uh, yeah, so yeah. someone is cracking their knuckles individually, like <laughs> one at a time. <laughs> like, long pauses in between each one for like comedic effect. Again, I cannot stress this enough. Dead silent. And it's like not a packed theater, but like there are like a spattering of groups. 
Yeah. And so, like, there's enough people where this is, like, bad form, poor etiquette, and, like, very funny. Because, again, <laughs> one of those things where it's, like, it's so quiet that, like, you have to stifle laughter. Like, it's, like, one of those assemblies where you're not supposed to yeah. laugh. And I was, like, like trying so hard. I had, like, like it was, it was so bad that, like, I was, like, sucking in breaths that were becoming, like, compressed like burps but i couldn't do that either because it's so quiet and like like i was just like like i was crying it was so funny that it was like crack crack (laughs) just like like also like fairly quiet noise and man that killed me uh and i think other people noticed too so someone went (laughs) <laughs> like cleared their throat, and then other people were like kind of like laughing but i was laughing so hard uh, anyways favorite part peter you have one yes uh i have two I'll, I'll start with one though um i think what i find this movie very interesting is when the murder first got committed like it is genuinely like when you look around the room like when it, whether it's knives out, whether it's see how they run, whatever. Like, when the murder first get committed, we as the audience have a sense of like, oh, that might be a suspect. Or like, oh, he might have a motive, you know. But when this murder, like Michelle Yeoh's character got, got killed, no idea. Like, like, literally, I can't think of who can do it in, in, in the ensemble. And I really like that because this whole movie is supposed to make you questions like, is it? A supernatural murder or is this something that actually happened committed by a person and you know like and then we have people standing on both sides right as the ensemble which i really enjoyed as well but like when the murder first got committed i totally bought into the idea that it can totally be a supernatural thing you know and i really like that i think that goes along with the theme so well and gives the audience a much better experience instead of like having audience to pinpoint oh it's like he might do it, she might do it. They might not be right, but like still, you're giving audience people to point to. But in this movie, at least for me personally, I couldn't point to anyone when the murder first got committed. So I, I will say, one of my only minor criticisms of this movie is that I didn't believe at any point that a supernatural okay, it's a, okay, being okay. did this. Yeah. I, yeah, like, I, I, like, I, not, I not even for a second thought that. And also I would say... I think that there are a few characters that do have motive right off the bat, I, which I don't think is a problem, but I think, like, the lady who says, like, this is satanic, this is devilish, like, she is a motive, because it's, like, what she's, what Michelle Yeoh is doing is, like, like a crime against her ideology. You right. know what I mean? And so, like, there's something like that, but I think it's, I think it's really fun that, like, what I love about the build-up to that scene is that, like, Hercule is having, like, a crisis of faith, and he's like, yeah, I guess I'll bob for apples, you know? I think yeah, he just decided to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was yes, a hilarious scene. I think I one, of the things, one of the things I love about this movie is how, like, it's, like, very sincere and about, like, this guy who's just struggling, and it's very sad. And I, I think it's, it's actually, like, fleshed out really well. I, I, I really like it. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite part, or, or was that it? I have like four. Okay, pick one. Okay, okay. So there's okay. There's a moment where 
Um, everyone's like kind of questioning uh, whether Hercule is going like crazy, like they think because he's like, like this guy's like a crock, this guy's a, a crackpot, he can't do this, and the camera is like fixed to the side of him so that we're getting kind of like a profile shot as he spins around the room and we hear the audio of all this and he's like, like he's like, what is happening? <laughs> like what's going on? Like he's like, and you can see in his eyes he's like simultaneously thinking so hard but also, like, fighting off disbelief and, like, the thoughts that, like, like I, I can't explain what I'm seeing, which is such a big deal to him. And I think why I like that so much is that it's emblematic of, like, really good directing in that this movie knows when to be subtle and when to not. Like, I don't think it ever, like, overstates how much of a crisis this is for Hercule because he's not the kind of character that would vocalize it. And so I think it's shots like these that, like, really really well just accentuate how he's feeling and he's spinning around the room and like i'll get into this but like the the distortion and playing of space in this movie is so good and this is another good example of it that i really like yeah um it's, it's sad like i watched this movie two days ago and i feel like i can't remember it like i'm gonna have to go watch it again yeah. <laughs> uh, but one one part that i i quite enjoyed Maybe a bit basic, but the seance I thought was really well done. Oh, it's fucking awesome, yeah. Uh, there's the whole, like, Michelle Yell's, like, spinning around, and, like, the camera's, yeah. like, staying on her, and so the room is spinning around her. Uh, and then it'll cut to, like, her feet, and it's her feet rotating around. Yeah. And then, like, there's the POV shot, and every, like, the editing of, like, typewriter, and it's so yeah. loud of, like, Yeah, the M. sound, yeah. Yes! Yeah. And, and the like, shot uh, of her finger going like, like down, like into ooh, the, that's yeah. so good. Yeah. 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 So like just like shot choice and like making it pretty creepy and then the editing of it all. I thought that was really cool. That was a cool scene. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that seems awesome. Uh, where do we take this from now? I have, uh, I got another the, few parts. Yeah. I have yeah. Another <laughs> one. Keep you going. have first Peter. You can go. Okay. So. I mean, another pretty basic one, but I thought, I don't know if this is more credit towards Agatha Christie or the, uh, the this movie, but I thought the plot's awesome. Like, um, I can't recall the last time, because I know Agatha Christie is, like, known for, like, you know, the murder is really just, like, it's not, it's never as simple as it seems, you know? It's not never just, like, a person committing a murder. Um, but, like, in this movie, there are literally, like, three layers of mystery, there's the actual murder. There is the uh, there is how, uh, what's her name? Joyce Reynolds, I think, uh, Michelle Yeoh's character and her assistants perform like the uh, the fake rituals. So that's another layer. And then a third layer of like the daughter's murder and what really happened there. You know, like and there and there are all, I guess there's a fourth layer as well in the the blackmailer's identity. Yeah. So like oh, I, layers. I, I really like how all of these are wrapped in one single story and somehow played into each other. That, like, that's so cool to me, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think, I, I, and like, this is a very side point, but like, that kid freaked me out, man. Like, not gonna lie, <laughs> that kid freaked me out. <laughs> Did you but, know? That, was, it, was it the Edgar Allan Poe kid or the... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, which kid? Which kid are you talking about? Yeah, which kid? The are you about? the uh, the little guy, the little boy who did the black yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He freaked did me you out, know, bro. <laughs> did you know that that kid is not just any kid? 
That is, in fact... Related to Kenneth Branagh? No, that is... It is Kenneth Branagh. It's Buddy from Belfast. He's no way! Oh, yeah, the dad is. Yeah, I know that. But the kid, yeah. I'm pretty sure the kid is Buddy. Oh, really? Yes, that's well, what I'm saying. Well, the dad is. The doctor is Buddy from Belfast. He is? Yeah, Jamie Dornan. Who is... No, but, like, the kid. The kid in Belfast is that kid. Oh, what the? Look him up. On. Look it up. I just checked today because I was like, I was trying to look at who all the the people are in that movie, in this movie. So I just, Belfast. The first name is Jude Hill, and that is the oh. boy, and he's in Haunting in Venice. I don't know why I thought Buddy was the dad, but well, Jamie Dornan is. is the no, dad. No, 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 no. Jamie, Jamie Dornan is the dad. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what his yeah. name is. Because he's the one that says, I'll always be Buddy from Belfast, doesn't he? He's Pa. Jamie Dornan is Pa. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. And well, I was wrong. Buddy is, is the kid. Anyways, yeah. uh, uh, what was the actual point Peter was making? Oh, the layers. <laughs> no, I, I did agree. I, I think the the, yeah. the layers of like how many mysteries there were like, kept it fresh the whole time. There's always, and it like, didn't feel... more. But it didn't feel random. It felt like all no. these things were like happening together and intertwined, and that's what I really liked as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I have another part that I really liked. That's the Halloween party. I have a first minor yeah. criticism that I think is hilarious about the Halloween party, and that's that their Halloween costumes are so modern. The kids, like the shots of the kids in Halloween costumes, are like modern day costumes. One of them is wearing like a Phoebe Bridgers like skeleton onesie <laughs> thing. <laughs> it's like, I, I just don't maybe they wore that back then but I just don't like that took me out of it I was like what like I don't know what's going on here ignoring that, that kid, you, you're like why is that kid dressed like Phoebe Bridgers <laughs> like, what are they even born yet um but yeah <laughs> yeah what are you like, doing man? I'm completely taking out the possibility that maybe they're dressed just dressed as a skeleton <laughs> like, why are <is> Phoebe Bridgers <laughs> yeah the Halloween um, party is like great vibes. Like, it's awesome. Whole, like, it's not the slideshow, but like the like the lantern like theater yeah. kind of thing, puppet theater. Yeah, that's awesome. And then when we get into like the part where they're mingling too, there's some great character moments. Tina Fey is a good one where these two two of the kids are like kissing beside her, and then she like sees one of the other adults coming, and she's like, "Oh, they're coming." And then, like, the kids stop and go away. That's great. It's, like, a good just little character moment that, like, tells you a lot about what kind of character she is. There are also that kind of moment. You get a good introduction to the kid who's reading Edgar Allan Poe. I think I love that he, like, the way he's written is, like, very, like, novelly. And he's, like, like, you can get a good grasp of that character immediately. Um, And I think that there's, like... I think the mother as well, like, the, it's a really interesting introduction to the mother that, like, her daughter's dead, and she has this big party with all these kids, and I think, like, but it's, like, a spooky house, like, there's a lot going on there that I think is really fun, so I think all the character introductions are really fun, there's a conversation where Hercule and Tina Fey are sitting on the bench together, and it's shot with these, like, high-angle shot-reverse shots that, like, separate them from the rest of the crowd, and I think it's really good visual directing, that makes it seem like, like, they are kind of observers. Like, they're they're a different party than everyone else that is here. And I think that that's really interesting. And I think that that's expressed visually very well. Um, yeah, this is... It's just... It's a really good, like, introduction. It's kind of... It's very sweet, too. Like, they're just, like... Like, these characters feel things. And they, like... And it's not just, like, bullshit. Like, 
and I, I've said this before, but like a lot of modern movies, it like genuinely surprises me when there's like sincere emotion in it. Cause it just feels yeah. like we don't have that very much. And so I, I, I liked this scene a lot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was going to say, Oh, I like how the, like the shadow theater. I think that's what it is. It's like shadow yeah. theater is for the, the kids is like the most fucked up horrifying <laughs> you know that kids died in this building and they were yeah. locked in the basement and they clawed their like tried to claw at the door to get out but they just died fucked that's fucked for kids yeah uh and i think actually i'm curious what what is the rating of this movie because i feel like it's a uh, pg of, i think yeah like i feel like it's for yeah. kids this movie and so like the the shadow theater is like a commentary about like the movie as a whole. I like yeah. kids kind of need to get fucked up a little bit. Like they need to see <laughs> what? No way! No, it's fine. Right? They'll be fine. The kids will be fine. They'll be That's fine. great. Yeah. They need to like learn to be cool. Uh, exactly. <laughs> and like get. But I do like uh, I do like sense. the commentary they had on that though. It's like you show them scary stories so they can uh, forget how scary life is. Like, yeah, that's, there's a, that's crazy, a great bro. line. <laughs> yeah, you know, that is insanely yeah. deep. Uh, it depends where you are, which is very confusing. So, Canada, in Alberta, it's PG. In British Columbia, it's PG. In Quebec, it's G. But there are no other options. So, I guess you're living in okay. one of those provinces. Yeah. Well, uh, so, we're try. from probably Alberta if we had to choose one. Uh, Cineplex uh, has the rating by the booking, uh, by the booking thing. So. Oh, that would be a much faster way to yeah. do that. Anyways, yeah, it's PG. It's PG. It's PG. Okay. Yeah. So like, it's it's definitely a commentary on like. I think like watering down things for kids is not cool. Like you sometimes yeah. you got to be honest, and I think that they speaks to the movie it. generally of like, let kids, be and like don't yeah try to, like. Force things upon them and try to like don't treat them like children, because sometimes yeah you let you gotta let them be fucked up. Well, and the final this. revelation of this movie is that like the most like capable and knowing guy the entire time was in fact the little boy who was yeah. the blackmailer mm-hmm. all along. Yeah, so I I think you're right there. And as far as like kid, kid roles, which historically are like sometimes. Uh, very like get a lot of hate i think this is an example of a kid that i found very charming and i was like this character like as just a little freaky little kid i was like i love this guy he's awesome yeah uh yeah i just like how he starts the movie and he's like got his reading glasses and he's reading and he's like i don't care for parties (laughs) (laughs) yeah my father fought in the war and he's talking like an, Mia Goth's real voice. And he, yeah, and he suffers <laughs> from an ailment of blueberry pancakes. And, uh, 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 what else? You guys still have favorite parts? I can I, like I can tell is, you some more parts. That I have one like, more. Yeah, I can keep. Oh. Yeah, there's one. There's one more thing. It's just like a visual thing that happens. I think twice that I think is really great. Sure. Um, I'll. I'll. Uh, yeah, you go. Yeah. So it's just like. It's during moments where we've kind of like we've been building to something and now we've hit like one of the peaks in the story. Like we've hit like everyone's kind of gathered and it's like something something big has just happened. We've hit like a mini climax and they do this thing where it's this camera that just like 
floats in one take just to each character's face and it's timed with like mm. each of their lines and they're like what's going on well it couldn't have been me because i was and then it's like well duh. well i saw her in the thing and then it's like it's floating and then it will like spin back to lq and then it will, and then like he's reacted thing and i think it's like it's really well because that's kind of like an obvious idea in some ways but it's also it's just really well done. Like it's timed really well. The performances fit it really well. I, it's just a nice it's a nice thing. Well, let's actually let's talk about the the visual direction of this movie. Yeah. I saw someone say like. I just saw some great lines about this on Twitter where people were like, "Man, I did not expect from the third Hercule Poirot movie made by like, not Disney but sort of Disney that it was gonna be like." I was going to be seeing stuff from, like, The Third Man. Like, like a very <laughs> classic, well-shot yeah. movie. And so seeing that before the movie, I was like, oh, man, this is this is really going to be good. Uh, yeah. And also, like, another person was like, this is the best, uh, best filmed, like, studio movie of the year. Couldn't agree more. Uh, I agree. I completely agree. That I've seen and, so far, yeah. like, the, so, like, Kenneth Branagh is, like, pretty famous for this. Um, the, the canted angles or the Dutch angles. His yeah. his use of them in Thor, I found very annoying. Not good, yeah. <laughs> Not good because it's too much. But yeah. here he sprinkles them. It's a sprinkle uh, instead of a, a dousing. And I there's just so many shots from this that I was like, that's so fucking cool. Like yeah. <laughs> there's like the water spout on the side of the piazza where like like it holds on it. It's a high angle, and then like a rat crawls out of it. Fucking awesome. Yeah. There's a that's shot awesome. where like. In the beginning, it's trying to get the vibes of like spooky, scary, and there's like a canted angle on some pigeons, and then the seagull fucking kills. Yeah, them. yeah. yeah like, that was what awesome. the fuck? Yeah, that was a good start. Um, yeah, that was fire. Oh, there was one shot that I I was I was like admiring its um visual simplicity and how it just like it it's everything you need in one shot, and I was like, oh, yeah. that's really well directed. And it was the um, the the doctor was got into a fit of like rage and was like shoving the ex fiance into a piece of. Oh, glass. is it through the window? Through the yeah, window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's shoving awesome. his, and then the kid is also in the frame, and he's going, "Dad, no, don't do it!" And like a lesser director, a less competent director would do like different shots. Or well, yeah. uh, you could maybe make it work, but like I just love that. It's all, all of the visual information is in one shot. You've got yeah. pane of glass, the thing happening, and the angel on the shoulder being like, no, don't do it. And it's all there for you, composed. Great yeah. stuff. No, it's awesome. Yeah, there, there are a lot of really great composers. I love just the inserts in general. Like, they'll, like, they'll yeah. just, like, cut to, like, the bird. Like, the it's not a parrot. I forget what it is. But it's, like, it's a cockatoo. bird that's like a parrot. Cockatoo. And, like, there's, there's some really fun inserts of that bird. Uh, I think they just do a really good job of both establishing and contorting the space in general. Like, and I think using like very extreme differences in lens, like they'll use like a super wide lens and something yeah. then a super long one, like in the same scene, they'll cut right between those. And it gives you the sense at once you understand the space enough to understand the scene, but also it feels like everything is shifting and like nothing is set in stone and there could be something behind every corner and like it makes you fundamentally not trust the space you're seeing. And I think that that's just very good direction 
for what for what this movie is. Speaking of like not trusting the space, they even like play with that at one point where there's like the hallway that seems to extend forever. And he's yeah. Like, this is suspicious. Walks up to it and it's like a not a matte painting, but like it's a mural of a yeah. fake hallway that extends, and that's how he finds the basement. That yeah, and so it does lead to somewhere. Cool. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also I think in that. Yeah, yeah, Peter. And I think, like in general, like uh, the whole setting, you know, a stormy night in Venice, and it's also Halloween, and in like an ancient house, just provides so many opportunities for the director to do something cool visually. One thing that stands out to me was uh, when in the final, like uh, pointing out the murderer scene, it was like the entrance to the canal, and he's standing, the uh, uh, detective Poirot is standing in like above the entrance and then all the characters are standing in a row in front of like the door and there's only one lamp lit like above Poro like that's just like the atmosphere is there and then the tension and everything just it's amazing that shot yeah, yeah and they use um they use one of our favorite techniques and did you cheer when they attached the snorri rig <laughs> that was the one and i did i did i immediately were like yeah i in my head i was like yeah and i thought of you immediately as well where i was like yeah i was gonna like that yeah that's a thing yeah. uh so that's i'll just explain that the snorri rig is when a camera is rigged to an actor so that it seems like like you're like the camera is part of the an extension of the character's body so that like yeah. the world around them is just like constantly like and like in moving in like What's the word? Like it's jarring, like jarry yeah. movements. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, the moment the moment where I went whoa is the one I mentioned, which is I think might also be a snorry rig, but it's one the one where I said where it's to the side of his face and he's spinning right. around the room and we're spinning. That's what I went like whoa, hold on, we're spinning, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like like your your audience interaction. Guys, like, oh my god, we're spinning! I literally I grabbed my handles. I grabbed my chair handles. I was like, whoa, we're going! He's fully. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I admire how fully you can like be in a movie. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. So. Um, I think that's. Mm, oh, I'll see if there's anything else. Oh, there's there's some stuff that's more like production design, I guess. So I'll, I'll give a shout out to that. So it's it's not just like they filmed it well, but also like that's just a really cool visualization. So there was um, the little like I forget what they are called. It's like the something a scope where if you're at a, like a science museum and they have like their individual pictures of a movement. So in this movie, it's a little oh, yeah. skeleton dance. And when you spin it, it gives the illusion of movement. And so that's kind of like the horse thing, how it is yeah. like galloping. And it's it's the precursor to movie kind of thing. So it's it's one of those scopes and they have it at the party. And it's a little skeleton doing a dance. Love that. Yeah. Um, it was in the trailer. And when I saw that, I was like, this is for me. Uh, and then also like the... Uh, when they're in the kitchen and he's interviewing the lady Olga and water starts dripping down in an M and they also yeah. just like never explain it. I think yeah. it's part of the hallucinogenic honey 
But they also, like, never... They don't feel the need to explain every single individual thing. So that's something that's just, like, man, that's freaky. And just... He doesn't even fully acknowledge it. And uh, that's cool. Yeah. No, it is awesome. And speaking of things where it's, like, they don't feel the need to fully explain it, uh, a good visual metaphor I really like is um, uh, the teacup that's, like, half off the table. We come into the room of the girl who was murdered like the daughter and it's like the mom didn't want anything moved. So everything's exactly how it was. And that's even creepy in a way. Cause that's even like, in a way that's our ghost in and of itself. Like that's a, that's a memory of the person persisting in kind of a haunting form. And we just have this, like we have this teacup that's like half off the table, which later breaks, like it later shatters. And I just think that that's a good, the fact that like she left it there and that's how she had it like speaks to it's it's this idea of like she's teetering like she was always close to like she was close she was in a precarious situation mentally like all the time and what i love is when it comes back uh hercule has a cup of his own that is also kind of resting off the table and having restored some of his faith and reduced some of this dissonance he was feeling he just slides it back and I think that's so awesome. That's so like, and I think one of the really like understated parts of this movie is how much Hercule empathizes with this girl who dies. Like he clearly throughout the movie is like seeing himself in this story that's unraveling. Like he's relating it to his own struggles. And I think that it's, it's really, it's really well done. And also like, if we go back contextually, the teacup is actually quite significant because like, that's the teacup that yeah. the, the maid used to feed her the, the honey that's uh, poisonous. Uh, Hercule Poirot was the teacup. It was the teacup all along. Yeah. It was great. And I, I yeah, I like that. I like the ending of the movie. It's so hopeful. And at, yeah. at first I was like, I, I did some looking and I was like, what was this like, like a, a cliffhanger? Or something? Like, like, was this lead in from the last movie? Like he lost his faith? No. But, like, <laughs> don't care. Like, this could have been, like, yeah. the start. This is the start of my uh, yeah. long yeah, acronym franchise. I like this one better than the other ones. Um, did you know the bird... I, I, I keep meaning to say this, and I forget. The bird says, like, holy shit at one point. I, that was awesome. Really? The, no yeah, way. Like, holy shit! <laughs> 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 it's, like, it's early. It's around the sounds. Yeah. Um, what else can we talk about? Oh, the girl. The scary girl. There's yeah. the part where she peeks out from the door. I audibly went like, hmm, like, because I was scared. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. It freaked me out because it was like the nope thing. When, yeah. like, something is, like, unidentifiable is slowly peeking out. It scares the yeah. shit out of me. Yeah. So I was, I was surprised by that one. As an example of, like, genuinely, like, like, light, light horror or, like, light scariness. Uh, quite successful in my opinion and also I, and like honestly like w- this movie they're shaping up the washroom to be like the thinking space and like a safe space yeah. for Poirot and when uh, when the water stopped, walk, uh, stopped working and then the girl suddenly appeared behind him I was like oh my god what is going on <laughs> uh, that really got me that got me and then the uh, the one that she reached out from the mirror when he was in her room, that got me as well. Both of these. Mm. I liked, um, like, the building of that scene with the hot water. How it's, like, it's clear, like, something is 
off and something is amiss and it's yeah. just like mm-hmm. the pause and like the shot choice yeah and... they have like a really close insert on it so it's like you know you know that's important and you're like yeah. what is what is wrong and he's like yeah something's weird there's no water and then it's really hot water so yeah i thought i thought that scene builds very well yeah um... uh i want to say about like the little girl peeking out from the door really quick i also like there's good setup there because it's like you could genuinely believe oh that's just one of the kids from the halloween party that's staying over like that is that's a believable thing but then it also could be the ghosts and so like they've they've just there's good setup like where they've always they've had they have this either or kind of thing and they don't feel the need to over explain anything yeah. or, and they don't they don't have to backtrack at any point like a bad script has to a bad script will get to a point, realize it hasn't set it up, and then try to force an explanation. But everything, I think, moves very naturally in this script. Yeah. And I would say, okay, this is my question to you guys. This is one scene that I didn't really enjoy. Like, like the base, like the discovery of the basement and the whole setup of it was amazing. And the fact that they had to go down the basement, like, very much, very high tension, etc. But, like, did you guys like how they handle like what's actually in the basement and the conclusion of that because i think like what was the purpose of that scene was that just trying to expose some tension between the doctor and then the ex-husband or is it just trying to like build that sense of paranoia that something might be down there but ended up being like nothing you know um, yeah what's their take it's, on that i think it's it's buying into the idea that maybe there is something supernatural and so they're kind of like going against their their uh, like Poirot specifically is like like his faith I guess of like there must be a, a like, like a scientific like accurate explanation for all of this and so he's kind of buying into the like but what if it actually is a ghost and they're exploring this thing also that like you said is it's a nice like sort of checkoff moment where we've set up this thing and like I want to see it. You said you said it was. Yeah. There. I got to see it at some point. Um, it does like when you think about it, feel a little bit like we went down there and then we we left and it didn't matter. But I think what you said is kind of like the point is they go down there because freaky sound and we're we're exploring the possibility, and it does being down there does further develop the character interactions and relationships. Because like you said, it, it causes tension between the doctor and the ex-fiance. Um, and I, yeah, I think that was the main thing. And then also there was something about like like picking up the doll, um, like, like a similar kind of stuffed animal and being like, man, that's so cruel that they did this to the children. So that's a thematic thing as well, is tying the cruelty to children um, back then, the mm, plague thing that is to true. Yeah. the cruelty of the mother, as we find out later. I also think that this movie is positing that like the real ghosts are like the ghosts of one one's past. Like it's the things that have followed you and have attached themselves onto you. Like between discussions of like PTSD, but with the mm-hmm. doctor and Hercule and stuff, but also like with the mother and now like the mother can like over daughter. So I think it is interesting that in a sense they go into the basement and they do find a ghost. And that is like the thing that has been haunting the doctor and the thing that has been haunting the husband as well, his own shame and his own guilt, which I think like it's, it's those, those feelings of shame and guilt that we hold on to that I think are 
this this movie is like likening that to ghosts and it's likening that to being haunted so i think it is really interesting that it is this like it's almost like we've entered this sort of like liminal spooky space that does reveal that yeah and i i i don't think it occurred to me but yeah every character in this movie gets like a sick monologue where they're like there was this was the shit i went through like the guy's talking about apparently it's a real battle I kind of missed the details, so I kind of want to read in to see, like... Yeah, I didn't really know. Was, what he was talking about. Yeah. But, so he had his thing, and it was very clear from the start, like, he had a thing. There were the two, um, Ro- it's, is it Ro- Romani kids? What's the right yeah. word now? Yeah, like Romani. Romani. Yeah. Um, who are, like, the seance helpers. They've got their thing. Um, I forget, Olga had a good speech at some point, but I forget what her, her deal was. Um... Yeah, I think. Oh, and and even like the the ex fiance who traditionally you might think would be like the evil person, and I think even in it's so funny. Like, there's a lot of similarities just from googling it. Like that with Death on the Nile, because in that movie, Hercule Poirot is um, uh, poisoned. He's actually poisoned in that movie as well uh, through champagne, uh-huh. and it is the fiance who did it or something. So as far as what I mean. And so I find it really interesting that they're quite empathetic towards this person, and he has a whole reason for what he's doing. Uh, last thing I want to say, I like the part where uh, Michelle Yao is like, we're not so different, you and I. <laughs> like, I, I love yeah. that beat generally, but like this really <laughs> worked. And then it, it's so much of that that she then puts her costume on him, which ultimately like causes problems later, but I like the idea of him walking literally in her shoes, like in her, her mask, I guess, in this case. And, like, he embraces it. And he's like, ah, uh, yes, what did you like in the back of the <laughs> uh, So I, I thought that was really cool. By the way, the yeah. costumes in this movie are fantastic, by the way. Like, the mask and the, the rope and everything. It's very yeah. simple, but it's also, like, yeah. just, like, just puts you in that mood. And that, uh, yeah. and that... And that uh, it just transports you right away. It this movie has yeah. immaculate vibes. Yes. I think yeah. this is something we 100%. can all Very good vibe. Uh, yeah. Does anyone have any last uh, things they want to say? Uh, regarding like visual stuff? Oh, I just, I'm done. Or just in I, general. I, I said, oh, okay. General. Yeah, I have some quick things I want to talk about. Yeah, so uh, this is just a quick thing. Sound design, very, very good. I think this yeah. movie, I think we've, we've talked about a little bit. The seance scene in particular, the various sounds, like you need those punctuating hard sounds followed by like a build and it works really, really well. Um, there are also just like, there's a certain amount of like panning, like audio panning. Like sometimes something is in the far left or something's in the far right. And like, I really love... Like, this sense of there's something that you can't see, I think, is established really well by that. Uh, there's just kind of ghostly sounds. I love that there are tons of sounds where we don't know if uh, if it's just Hercule, like, seeing, like, hearing it, or we don't know if it's real. And there's I think like that the, that's done really well. There's, like, the singing, the child singing. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I forget. It, it might have been this movie, but there was one movie where I watched and I heard something, and I was like, was that in my theater? And, like, I actually turned around. Yeah. I might have been this one. And then also I love how like just how quiet the child singing is at the beginning where you're like, I don't even know if I'm hearing that. Like yeah. it's one of those subtle things where uh, a lesser version of this would be like, it's not very subtle because the audience has to hear it. And then yeah. they're just like, 
Hercule, it's like the acting conveys it, like, what is that? And everyone else is like, I don't hear anything. But this yeah. one is actually like, no, like, I can barely hear it. I don't know, that was cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, sound design is really good. I like all the performances a lot. Right off the bat, I was pretty stunned by the mom's performance, actually. I think right from the Halloween party, like, she's very good. I think Tita Fey is really good in this movie, too. I think that, I think she, like, really suits this role. Like, once you get over, like, oh, this is silly and that's clearly Tina Fey, like, which I got over that pretty quickly and then I was like, oh, she's doing a great job here. Um, uh, Kenneth Brad is really good. Yeah, all the performances are really good. Um... Yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much all I got to say about this for now. Jamie Dornan and the kid also. Yeah. Good. Oh, they're great. Yeah. Everyone yeah. else you mentioned. Yeah. Um, but uh, you've all spoken your piece now. I have. Yep. Okay. Uh, now we ask the classic question. Aiden, what is our first segment? That's the classic. Yes. Question. That is the classic <laughs> question. So uh, we have to the we the podcast is called Predator versus Movies, and so we've done the movie part. Now it's time to get to the Predator. We asked the question: Would this movie be better if the Predator from the movie Predator was in it? No. No, <laughs> no I don't think so, and I can't even think of where Predator would go in. Halloween party. It's like Halloween party. Someone's dressed as Predator. Someone's already dressed as Phoebe Bridges. So, so I guess they could be dressed as Predator too. <laughs> yeah. um, um, who would win? Visions? though, is the question. Part of the oh yeah, visions. Well. They see Predator. Yeah. yeah. He feels hunted. Yeah. He doesn't believe yeah. in God, but he feels hunted. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yes, you have you have brought up the second the part B, if you will, uh, yeah. of of this query. Uh, and I guess it's win? the mom. The no, mom no, no. versus predator. No, it's her. It's Hercule. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I like Hercule that. Hercule defeats predator or clue him out. I think Honestly, so. yes. I think he I absolutely. Think he one hundred percent could discover anything predator was doing. I do yeah. believe that. In a one-on-one combat situation, I don't know <laughs> how he fares. But if it's a battle of wits, I do think he's winning. This is a this is a good question, Peter. What do you think? I have no idea to be honest. I think Predator just like shoots him in the head. No. <laughs> I, There's that. Uh, yeah, head to head combat. I don't think it's going quite well for Hercule. Uh, what about Predator versus the kid though? No, a kid's winning. Yeah, yeah. A kid finds a way. Blackmails yeah. the Predator. You know. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Go back to your planet. <laughs> I just love that the kid is able to like deduce. Ever. He's just, he figured it out. He's a smart kid. Yeah. I buy it. Uh, now we have a second question. Peter, what's, uh, or second? Yes. Second segment? Predators Pigs. What did you guys watch? Uh, and Aiden, you were going to have to speed run the shit out I of will this. speed you run. Two yes. weeks of backlog. Uh, go ahead. Sure. Yeah, uh, I think, I don't think I talked about this in the last one, but I rewatched The Talented Mr. Ripley. Uh, I had seen that movie before. This is a very good movie. Uh, uh, there's a movie coming out this year called Saltburn that is supposed to be similar in premise, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm skeptical of that. I really, really like Talented Mr. Ripley. Performances are great. I think it's really well. It's like a very plot-dense movie, and I like that. Like, I think it just works really well. Like, it's a story that has a lot of turns and twists. I think it's really fun. I think it's well-directed. Well I think it's funny that it's like a very 2000s kind of movie. You can tell. But, Peter, you want to say something about it? I will make a quick comment. I also saw this movie recently. And, my God, I agree with every take you have. It is so plot-dense. It's like, yeah. just when you thought, like, surely we're, like, at the halfway point, right? 
And then you're like, oh no, we're like a third way through the movie. Only. It is very plot dense. Yeah. It is very plot dense, but it's very good though. Like, uh, it's just like, it's very tense. And also, like, you genuinely see characters struggle. Like, both like mentally and also like on their face, etc. Like, you know, it's, it, yeah. it's very good. Works as a good character study too. But yeah, I yeah, also exactly. saw, while I was away, I saw The Nun 2 in theaters. I think it's better than The Nun 1. But I don't think it's a very good movie. I don't think it's written very well. Uh, but I think it's actually shot quite well. I think it's there's actually some really nice lighting. There's some hilarious moments in it. Not as funny as the first nun. The first nun is hilarious. And I was hoping for some more funny lines. Um, but, oh, there's one thing. If I can remember it in two seconds, then I'll say it. But if I can't remember it, then it's not a big deal. Shit, there's one thing. There's a scene where... Okay, there's a scene where... Um, they go and they they're like trying to find out like information about the nun like the two main nuns are trying to find information about the evil nun and right. uh, they go talk to this guy and I forget what it is but he says something really funny he's like a bit higher up at the church and he says something really funny but I forget what it is so if you're watching that movie pay attention um, uh, <laughs> I also I saw a, I have a prediction so the nuns go up to him and they say sir have you like uh, what what do you like there's this nun there's this ghost nun what do you know about this spirit like what is this evil presence what do you know and he says none <laughs> yeah no that's it now that you say it now that you say it yeah that's probably what it was uh yeah i also rewatched the departed uh, which is also known as The Departed, uh, Martin Scorsese's movie, an adaptation of the Hong Kong movie Infernal Affairs, which I've also seen. I do think The Departed is better than Infernal Affairs, actually. Um, this is a That's good movie. It's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, I saw the original Suspiria. Hold on, hold by... on. I just want to point out that you actually typed out Departed on the, the Departed. Departed. <laughs> That's how you got to say it. In the accent. That's fantastic. They're from Boston. They're Irish Bostonians. You gotta say that. Um, I saw the original Suspiria by Dario Argento. Some parts of this movie very cool, very sick. Overall, did not love it. I think I gave it like three and a half stars. I was talking to Alex about this. I think this is something that I'd want some context towards, like the movement. I feel like I don't. Um, like I was, I gave the example of like if I had watched a French New Wave movie without knowing any of the context to that, I might like. I feel like I wouldn't get it as much and so i actually i kind of want to do some reading into like what is what was going on around like the giallo style and like what what was the sensibility behind it what preceded it you know what i mean so i feel like i have to do that but that being said just reaction of the movie didn't love it i saw the original nightmare on elm street really like the first half of it really cool ideas didn't like the second half as much i felt like it was bogged down in this kind of weird like conservative 80s sensibility maybe i'm wrong about that i also thought it might be kind of subverting that but i couldn't really tell either way i didn't really love the second half of it um i also saw 1978 invasion of the body snatchers that is a nearly perfect movie it's incredible it's very very good awesome effects donald sutherland is great in it great performances great directing i recommend everyone see that also watched la confidential just the other day uh didn't love it very cool in some parts very moody um kind of sexist uh uh that's that's it that's what i got that's what i watched hold on you're not gonna recommend 
uh, young Balboa and that Saturn and local rappers, no? Sure, yeah. Well, yeah, Alex and I Alex and I did some photography and videography work for some local acts. So the names you mentioned, look them up on Spotify, all platforms. Uh, yeah, it was it was a good show. And we also if they're, if they're listening, thanks for having us out. Yeah, if they're so. listening, don't <laughs> if they're somehow listening to this, yeah. But uh, I will say, if we're recommending bands from yesterday at least, um, my I also ran. That's also Dash yeah, ran. Great. I really like those guys. Those yeah, are, we've seen them before. Band. They're another. They're, it was different. It was it was a it was a hip hop rap show, but they were a punk band. There was a there was a reason why they're it made sense, but um, I just they think they're awesome. Uh, so uh, Peter, do you have any uh, watches? What do we call them? Rex picks. Actually, I've only seen uh, other than this movie. I've only seen Ahsoka. So I've been watching Ahsoka oh, just because I love Thrawn. But like honestly, so far, visually the show looks amazing. I gotta tell you, like visually it actually looks great. Um, <laughs> there's like, a, there's I think, a face of two skeptics I'm, looking back. I'm, I'm very I think <laughs> like, genuinely, I don't know if it was using the volume or not, but like Probably. the the costume design and like some of the visual things in the show is quite incredible. But I gotta say, like as someone who has seen Star Wars Rebels a long time ago um like if you don't love these characters from the get-go it's very hard to get invested i think that's like my big issue with the with the show that's what I've heard. i i haven't like i haven't been invested in like the star wars animated side since like uh since middle school i say like or maybe like the beginning of high school so like for me like i haven't seen these characters in a long time in uh, in animation and now they're just expecting you to have a great sense of investment in all of them just because you know you've seen them before, it's a little unrealistic in my opinion. But um, uh, so far, it's like very middle, very mid. And like the fact that people say it's like oh the best Star Wars or like it's saving Star Wars, like it's not true. I don't <laughs> think so. Um, yeah, Endor, Endor is still peak for me when it comes to Star yeah. Wars. So, I I've heard that the theory that this is the thing, the reason why some people will really drawn to Ahsoka is that it it's like this one isn't for the people who like friggin Andor this is for the one this is for the people who stuck through like, like seven seasons of the Clone Wars and mm. four seasons of Rebels which I did oh, the I few did people Wars, yeah. the few people who like saw all of that content include and Rebels which was I think really a testing point for Star Wars fans because I know so I like Clone many, Wars but like Rebels specifically, yeah. so many people did not watch Rebels. I didn't watch Rebels. Yeah. You didn't watch Rebels. Peter, did you watch Rebels? I think you. Just I watched said. Rebels. Yeah, yeah. You watched Rebels. I only watched Rebels. I didn't see Stone. Uh, so what we know is one out of three Star Wars fans watches Rebels. Take. <laughs> uh, and I think it is like it. I feel like it's true that it's it's payoff for like those people. So those people are like, yeah, this one's for me. Finally, people are like. <laughs> giving me the respect I deserve for having watched four seasons of Rebels because nobody else did it. Uh, I also would say, though, like, I don't know why you'd want it live action necessarily even because I remember when I was watching Clone Wars and I, like, I was binging, I was sick, and so I binged, like, a lot of it all at once, and then I watched, uh, like, one of the prequels, and I was like, oh, what, Jedis can't do shit. 
I, I, I watched the live action Obi Wan show and I was like, wow, Jedi's really can't do anything. Because in the Clone Wars, they'll jump like two stories and then they'll like spin around and they'll like do. Because in animation, they can do whatever. But then, like, it actually, if they feel so limited in live action sometimes, unless it's like really well directed, which Obi Wan is not. And so I don't know why. I don't know why you even necessarily yearn for a live action Ahsoka. And it's, it's just like the juvenile belief that animation is like a, an inherently inferior genre like medium so that like you know because it was like a cartoon which is generally associated for like four children that if it has to be at some point elevated to live action for it to be like like oh finally i get to see my favorite character in live action and it never feels the same way like oh finally my favorite live action person is in the animated version like rarely is that get the same uh, level of attraction. Imagine if, like, Ahsoka was a... Or Ahsoka or, like, a Rebels, to, like, sequel series was, like, actually animated even better if it wasn't in, like, the Rebels Clone Wars style, like, if they tried something different and were, like... Like, because, like, she's mature... Like, they've all aged and matured, like, the animation style has changed a bit. Sure. I think that would have been really cool. That would be cool. Yeah. Cool for sure and you can make it like clone wars and rebels are four kids like it's not yeah. it's not because they're animation that they're four kids but they are like those are kid shows i like that is clone four wars, kids no, it's, I agree. it's I agree. a kid show um but it doesn't have to be you could make another like more adult animated show if you wanted to although despite it being for kids like people die and like like sort of like people do not, die clone clone wars isn't like isn't fucking around too much and i, I do like that about it. yeah uh, I've seen one thing this week, uh, and it was RoboCop. I haven't seen it before. I was wanting something. I my thought in my brain was I want to watch something like like trashy action. I wouldn't call. I'm not sure I would call RoboCop trashy because it's fucking amazing. Uh, just like a like it's like yes, it's a satire, and I love the satire parts of it. Like corporations are evil. The police see themselves as like heroes and like like all that sort of like that's what the movie's talking about obviously but like like it just it's genuinely so funny and it's like just a great like like if you if just surface level then yes it is a trashy like action romp and that's what i was looking for and it's great um filmed really well like really nicely there's a part where robocop is like like so robocop is a, a former police officer who died and his partner is still alive, and she finds him in the hallway of the police station as a RoboCop. And so it's she's like, Murphy, is that you? And her shot is framed normally with, like, her eyes are in the right spot and all that. His shot is not framed normally. His mouth is in the center of the frame because that is his human, the only part of his humanity. So they they ignore they crop out most of the top of his head because it's all visor. So where his eyes that's very, that's very it's good. so cool. Yeah, I love that's it. That's awesome. Uh, there's also like the competitor to the RoboCop program is like a I forget the acronym, but like it's a big hulking robot. It's like just an overkill basically, and it it's fighting RoboCop at one point, and RoboCop opens the door and runs down some stairs and he turns around and he's like, like he doesn't have his weapons, he can't defend himself. And he sees the robot like, it's also, by the way, a stop motion robot, which is very interesting. And so it goes, 
up to the top of the stairs and then you're like oh my god it doesn't know stairs it can't <laughs> stairs like there's that realization and then it like picks up its foot and like lightly like tip dips its toe like testing the first step and like this is after like an intense action scene it's so funny and he's like 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 takes one careful step on on the first stair and then you're like oh no he figured it out and then he takes another step and falls down the stairs (laughs) and then is like stuck on his back it's so funny there's also like fake commercials like the movie will stop and then fake commercial hilarious it's i love this movie um definitely one i want to revisit uh next week mm, maybe we'll do well we have two options when is creator coming out when is the creator uh the next week after that next week okay lots of movies coming out the last week uh but next week we have some options we have cassandro which is a about a not it's a it's a a brand of luchador the ones who who dress up in sort of like pseudo drag I think this is just my recollection of what it is, sure. but it's, it stars, um, werewolf by night Gale. Oh, okay. And I was like, ah, oh, this guy's familiar. And I was like, Oh my God, it's werewolf. Uh, but it's, it's the story of a true guy and they have, it's a, it's a, there's a name for, for the type of wrestler he is. But, uh, the other one is expend four balls, expendables four. I have not I'll, seen I'll any watch of it. Neither have um, I. I'm, I don't know I'm, if I want to watch that. I've completely changed my outview on how I watch movies, and I'm much more willing to watch like complete garbage because that's fun in its own right. Uh, so I, I'll I'll review the trailers and we'll, sure. we'll decide as a group. We could watch yeah. the good movie. That I've heard I've heard decent things. I'll I'll see if I can very quickly check. I'm kind of in the mood because we've just been watching. We've either been watching studio films or just studio yeah. trash, like for the past like mu- couple months at this point. And I just like, <laughs> I just I just remember I'm just I'm uh, getting nostalgic for the early days of the pod when it was it was it was Tar and After Sun every other week, and that's what we were doing. Mm, that's true. So if Cassandra is here, because again, that's that's really what it right. comes down to, yeah, or yeah. Mm, we could do theater camp. We oh, could go okay. back to August because I think by now it should be on Disney Plus. Uh, yeah. There was an issue of when it would come out, but I think it came out this weekend or something. Um, so we'll we'll review the options as I said. Uh, but cool. uh, as always, uh, if you like us, check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Predator V Movies. If you like my thoughts on movies, check me out on Letterbox at underscore underscore and underscore. I leave reviews sometimes. Uh, I, I also leave reviews sometimes in Letterbox. I'm 810Sunny. That's 810SONNY. My name is Wombo. I also leave reviews sometimes. I already said that, but I'm saying it again. <laughs> it's because I said it, and I threw you off, because that's you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Peter, do you have anything to plug? No, you don't. I'm just kidding. I no, don't I don't. For an answer. Uh, that means uh, you have to leave a review. You have to leave a comment. You have yeah. to. You're legally you just have to. Way. You have to do it. Yeah. Uh, so reach out to us. Give us a star rating. Must be five. Has to be if five. Otherwise, you're breaching the contract. You have to do it. <laughs> God, we gotta stop watching that show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that was it. I feel like I'm missing something. But uh, oh, yeah. until until next week, uh, I'm I'm Alex. 
I'm Peter. I'm Aiden. And this was Predator vs. Movies. Woo! Pew, 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 pew.